Hello and welcome to Dungeoneered, a podcast dedicated to discussing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. Let's do this. So Josh, for Lukewarm Open this week, I wanted to talk about something that is crucial to every campaign and arguably one of the reasons why we play D&D. Um, and I want to talk about like end game crisis, like end game bad guys, end game crisis, because I think it's something that a is, like I said earlier, really, really important. But it's kind of like when I'm DMing or I'm thinking about like where I want my campaign to go, I think of like the same three like campaign endings. You know what I'm saying? Do you ever have this problem? No, 100 percent. I'm um, about to work on my fourth campaign. And I had this problem a lot. It was, was, I was like, okay, how do I make this different? Like, how do I make the ending not just they've already fought gods one time, they've stopped a demon invasion. Um, right. It's like you, this have, time, you have demon invasion, which is what you said, right? We, mm-hmm. You know, that one is a very common thing. We have, like, bad god is going to take over the world type thing, is going to destroy everything. Mm-hmm. We have, like... Like, a, like a, I mean, this is a very common, like, critical role one, but, like, a dragon attack that, like, is destroying the world. But, like, outside of that, I mean, I guess, like, a cult summoning, like, a evil deity or evil thing, which is kind of tied into number one or number mm-hmm. two, depending on what you want to do. So, I don't know. Like, I get, I get stuck how I want to end campaigns with, like, really bad, big evil guys because it's always, like, the same thing. Yeah, making it interesting and not just the same thing over and over again. Have you, I mean, obviously, you know, this is like partially spoilers for your campaign, but have you come up with anything that you're thinking about trying that might be different? Well, so for my fourth campaign, it's it's not 100% unique, but it's, it's, okay. So before they have done, we have gone to war against gods. This time is... It, there's a possibility that they choose to go to war against gods, but they could also go to war against people. So what's what, what the, the setting is, which this is a huge spoiler for my next setting. So I would say anybody from my game, do not listen to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. The world originally was not made for the races that currently live there. The races that currently live there lived on a planet that was dying. So what the gods of that world did was they found another place where they could live and killed the people that lived there currently. Got it. And brought their races from that world over here. I am calling the the people who lived on that world Geldurans, but what they really are is they're Genasi. And all the gods on that realm were kind of more primordial in nature, more elemental. Now, what they did when they took over, they kind of laid more dirt over the whole world and created the world on top of the old world. Now, the old world is pretty much the Underdark now. Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting way of doing the Underdark. I've never Mm -hmm. really heard of that before. Yeah. And what the people who lived there previously, the ones that still live, are just stuck in the Underdark. Interesting. Now, what, okay, what they so have done. Genasi in the Underdark now? Yes. Interesting. Now, what, That's what they have done is they have 
harbored this hatred for the ones that killed their gods and killed everything they cared about. As they would, as they would. As they would, yes. And what they've done is they've found that they found bodies of their gods. And they also know that they're not powerful enough to take on their enemies. So are there are there gods like buried in dirt? Uh-huh. They're buried physically on the realm. Or some are in the Astral Sea and whatnot. So they have they have traveled all over the multiverse finding all the dead bodies of their gods. Interesting, interesting. And okay. what they're doing now is they're they're sewing pieces of their gods onto themselves to give them more power and give them divine energy. Ah, yes. I love so they're good old horrifying stitched on like i've gotten all these beautiful <laughs> images on pinterest of just like people oh, sewn on certainly bits. are trust me it's so good <laughs> and all of you know and those those are people that have sewn on pieces of gods to themselves to make themselves more powerful and those are going to be Great. the big bad evil guys of this campaign love it they're like a yes. people that originally were probably in the right of like hey you shouldn't have done this but ah, man, just they have taken back it good old too memories, far, you know, <laughs> fighting stitch monsters. Love it. <laughs> so what the um, we've done a few one shots in the world so far and they have found a laboratory where they were trying to figure out when we stitch people together, how do we keep them alive? They keep dying. Mm-hmm. So the lab they found was working with mind flayers and what they would do is they would magically slow down the kind of tadpoles and see if a if a mind flayer tadpole had to do its job over a longer period of time how does it keep the host alive so that's what was being tested Uh, in this lab interesting so it doesn't mean anything to them currently it's just mind flayer testing that seems to be a little weird eventually they'll figure out that it was one of the base things to figure out how to get these things to be sewn on correctly. Another lab they're going to find was inspired by your game. Ah, yes. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Where there is a gem that they will have used to kind of catch the souls of the people that as they die, they trap them in there. Then when the person is fully like sewn up and fully attached, yep, they will return the soul to the body. Yeah, that's, I mean, spoilers, that's pretty much exactly how, my, how mine works. I don't think you guys probably figured out. But, well, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't think you ever said that. I think that was just kind of how we were assuming that it works. Yeah. And yeah, yeah that's, I mean, it's very yeah. similar to that. Um, yeah. Which you guys have been searching for those orbs of power for a long time. But mm-hmm. um, yes, one of the orbs of power does that. <laughs> very similar, at least. Yeah. And so that's that's so that's the second thing they tried is what if we just like hold the soul and put it in later, then they can't die from it. And so I they're love trying a good that stitch monster and so they're gonna, gonna they're, lie. They're, they're gonna go through labs where they're kind of figuring out the process of how to sew these things on and make them work until they meet one of the people that are not just sewn on of monsters but of sewn on piece of an actual god. Yeah, which is you know. Which is crazy, because I mean, I mean, what even happens to them if they sew a piece of a god onto themselves? Do they just gain incredible power, or, or mm-hmm. what? So, 
depending on what the piece is, they gain a different type of power. There is one dude, one of the first pictures I found that actually was like, what are these? He's a dude who has a chain. On this chain is like 20 hands. And I'm like, what are all these hands on a chain for? Mm. <laughs> okay. They're kind of floating around him. And so I was like, what if they were like Pete, like hands of like that he could use and maneuver? And what if they once were like a person? And then it kind of slowly He's became just a really good basketball player. You know, all he wanted was just to be able to shoot hoops for days. You know, and you have to <laughs> really days, turn him into some bad guy. Got to shoot hoops for days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna post the um, a link to the uh, Pinterest image. Well, my whole Pinterest board of the Sonon people. Huge Pinterest board of Sonon people. So we might have some of the same ones. (laughs) Of course you would have that. It's almost as big as the board of like noble knights that I have on. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite though. But yeah. So he just has like... All oh, these. Serrano. Oh, I found Serrano. Oh, cool. Oh, you're going, <laughs> you're going through what? yours? You're going through your Pinterest board? Yeah, you got me in my Pinterest board. Now you got me all up in my Pinterest board. <laughs> now, for uh, <laughs> everybody listening, we both highly suggest using Pinterest boards. <laughs> it's so good to visualize and see your... It's incredible. See your world yeah. in a new way. Oh, it's... So, so awesome. And you can go through like you, you have like different boards that you can pin things to of like bad guys, good guys, landscapes, cities, anything you want. And I love it. And it's amazing. Yeah. They, they're what, the but... amount of things that are out there for like just fantasy images. <coughs> they're fantastic. And well, it's funny because the um, world, you know, the direction that you're kind of going with your campaign is similar to mine, at least the beginning part parts of this stage. Um, but Hey, yeah, look, you have the same ones as me. The guy with the tentacle on his back. <laughs> yeah. And the guy with the thing on That's exactly my what favorite one. So good. My favorite one is this image of this kind of a slightly chunkier kind of fleshy human that has sewn himself onto like almost, it looks like a, like a rotting or decaying, body that is about his same size or a slightly smaller so he doesn't quite fit in it i just posted it to discord (laughs) oh gosh and he's like holding two scythes and and two maces and it's just horrifying and fantastic it looks like he it looks like he's wearing like a a skin suit like yeah exactly sliced open a it's so nasty. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I know you, I mean, everybody by now knows that I'm a really big fan of like body horror. I just think it's, it's just very interesting how humans over, you know, a very long time have been fascinated with this subject um, and have written about it and, you know, drawn it and discussed it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it stems from a lot of different reasons, but um like i don't think mine always needs like, to be body horror for these kind of sewn on bits yeah no like this one i just no. posted she super just cool. has Love she has like cool yeah picture. it's super cool looking she has these weird looking legs and so i'm just having those be the legs of some sort of god that of theirs it looks like she took like a like a um oh what am i uh dryad or something they're like woodland people 
dryad. It looks like she took like dryad legs yeah. and like sewed them onto her own. Some legs. sort of like weird. I, I see them kind of as like corally and kind of sea. So it's like maybe it's like some sort of a a water dryad of some sort. If I had to guess, honestly, it looks like to me it looks like an antique of some kind, like a like a like a bronze antique or copper mm-hmm. antique that is like aged and turned kind of partially green. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really cool aesthetic, but. I don't know, like, I, I, my campaign obviously is going in this very body horror image. Well, not for much longer. You guys are pretty much going to be done with it here in the next couple sessions, mm-hmm. at least, uh, you know, this part of the campaign. Cause I now, want, nobody, you know, nobody the, listening will understand this, but then on to the cloth orb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you guys are going to gather all the orbs of power, but you guys are going to finish with the boss of the orbs of power before it even, you know, before, before you even collect all of them, I'm assuming, because that's kind of mm-hmm. what you're doing right now. So, um, you know, that's going to, you know, those are going to be kind of now like a a primary side quest, if that makes any sense. But what I'm trying to go with now at the, for this end of campaign is I'm kind of trying to make it a more like human-centric campaign where um, I'm going to start to turn it, which I think we've already seen a little bit of hints of it, a little bit more like, not sci- not like steampunk, but a little bit more like humans wanting to destroy and rule stuff instead of like an invasion of demons or an you know a god is destroying the world Mm -hmm. where it's just gonna start turning into like evil figures that we've seen in like history but like you know reincarnated in D &D world you know yeah um because i've never really done that (laughs) i've never really you know i've always done the you know there's a demon invasion coming from the portal up in the sky oh there's a you know um god descending down from the world I mean, mm-hmm. the one you guys are currently doing is like, I guess, a weird body horror cult, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm yeah, I'm kind of making it, turning it into a little bit more human centric. And I think, I mean, obviously, I'm, I don't want to do spoilers because you're in the campaign, but I think I want it to be very humans are in control of everything. Like they've kind of humanoids i guess would be a better term for D. like a, the humanoid races are now kind of in control of everything and they are the ones who dictate what goes on in the world so i think that's what mm-hmm. i'm leaning towards which you know it's it's been very political the game has already been very political and that's kind of where you know we're taking it right now with our land stuff so i think that's kind of what i'm going with and i think that's part of the reason why i did this little like body stitch thing because like it's kind of showing that yeah, there are these really powerful entities, but look what these, you know, humanoids can do, you know? <laughs> so, like, look yeah. what, you know, look what these these people have been able to do to themselves and, you know, transform their bodies into, you know, weapons of destruction. So, yeah, I think that's kind of where I want to go. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, again, it's just, you get stuck between, like, four tropes where it's, like, the same thing every campaign, you know, campaign ending. Which, obviously, there's different flavors, but... It's just I get stuck doing it, you know. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's hard to get out of, um, with the the kind of classic tropes of. Yeah, this is well, this is with, where the story. It's the goes. same with the beginning too of a campaign, right? Where it's like we start in a tavern, or you know, our caravan gets ambushed, or you start in a prison. You know, like your airship crashes. You know, like you have like you have like four four ways to start. You know what I'm saying? And those just get repeated over and over and over again. Um, but I mean, you know, and for good reason. I'm not. I'm not harping on any of them. Nor am I harping on the end game stuff because I love that kind of end game stuff too. But it's just you know, sometimes I want to do something a little bit different. Yeah, like 
as I said, this is my fourth campaign. I don't want to have the same opening and ending that I've had in other campaigns so far. Right. We've yeah. had four. I mean, this Let's campaign, I just had you guys meet in the middle of a road at a noble nobleman's estate that you mm-hmm. know <laughs> that was empty. That's pretty much it. And you guys got to loot it for free. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> but that's that's pretty much it. Well, let us get on to the topic. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It's been a little bit. <clears throat> so we've talked about many different types of gods in the Forgotten Realms. And one of my favorite types of gods because it feels like the most precarious and full of potential, potentially interesting encounters are the deities that gained followers out of fear. Ah, heck yeah. This week, we're going to talk about one of these deities from the Forgotten Realms, Umberly, the goddess of the sea, known for her malice, greed, and vanity. Can I just say something, though? Mm-hmm. A god of like the sea that's based on like fear and stuff, honestly, is so terrifying. Like the sea is so scary. Uh huh. Do you agree? One hundred percent. The sea is terrifying, man. <laughs> As somebody who does fishing and stuff, like that, it's hor. It's it can, It's terrifying. Oh man, it's. I mean, and I want to. Like you're just in this little boat, ocean. and you just need to. <laughs> <laughs> if you go over you're dead like it is chris chris has like a, a, a an extreme fear of the ocean um mm-hmm. a little bit of lakes but more so of the ocean obviously because it's just so vast but mm-hmm. and i relate in a way for sure like it's scary you know i like the land <laughs> yeah like i love i love shrimping and doing all these kind of like on the water activities but oh man <laughs> Like well, sometimes I mean, like, you go out there and the waves so are giant it. and just yeah oh yeah and it's like such a huge mystery it's like um you know the depths are just like so oh don't mysterious. even don't even get me started on the kind of monstrosities <laughs> that we're finding <laughs> way down deep in the in uh, or the size of squids down there dude they just I keep know, growing I know crackets <laughs> are real. Oh. I know exactly. Like I don't know. It's creepy down there. <laughs> yeah, she was said to control the harshness of the sea while playing with it, reveling in her power. She wouldn't hesitate to drown anyone if it pleased her. Yeah, no, no way. Oh gosh. Volo, the author of Volo's Guide to Monsters, said, "In my experience, sea travel has been very hazardous." It could be I have offended Umberly in some way. She is such a temperamental, er, I mean, magnificent goddess of the vast ocean. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. There's there's so much, like, told to you in that such a small quote. You immediately can love. tell what type of goddess she is. You're like, oh, nope, got to be yeah. on her good side. <laughs> like, what was I, I saying? Know. I don't know much about you know like how they've written books and stuff but i love that volo's guide to monster is actually like his guide to monsters like you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying i think this is actually from a book but um like a book that he's a character in yeah, but yeah, yes yeah, yeah. i i like that they are that D writes their books as if they are from the perspective of a character in the world of yeah like like we had um, monsters and tasha's uh Tone. Cauldron of everything. Cauldron of everything. That's what it was. And Tasha is fantastic. Tasha's the child of Baba Yaga. Yep. 
yeah, I just, I think it's cool the direction that it's kind of going recently. Now, one thing I know, one person I know nothing about is Fizzbands, and I just realized that, and I just realized I need to read up on who Fizzbands is. Because he's got a treasury of dragons. Yep. (laughs) Yep. But back to the topic, though. Umberly used her avatar form only for torment. She got great joy in showing her physical form toying with the ships before they died. Jeez. She rarely took that humanoid form, instead taking the form of the sea itself as roiling waves buffeting ships. Sailors knew that if they could hear malicious laughter or hissing words from the waves that they were directly up against Umberly. During the time of troubles, when all the gods were weakened, Umberly was limited as well, and she would use her waves differently. She'd crash them into boats and use the water to steal any loose gold and jewelry that she could, bringing it into the drink. Now, traditionally, in the research that I do, there, in the, there is a section for all these like actual people, like these the, the section for any person I do research on about their friends and allies and such for and other relationships. She is the first person I've researched that had no friendships and all enemies. Oh, no. (laughs) And I think all of them were made her enemies by herself. Like, nobody went after her. She went after them. I mean, true, though, like, but what are they going to do about it, you know? She's, like, in the ocean, you know? What what can you do, you know? This (laughs) god has... zero friends even sylvanas who she is in the domain of meaning that she's weaker than she's technically a servant of she scorns her enemies are saloon the goddess of the moon and stars whose stars help sailors escape the sea she hates valkyr the god we talked about two episodes ago the god of sailors and favorable winds who protects and guides sailors are you beginning to sense a theme here, Aaron? Just a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah. just a <laughs> tiny bit. She also despised Chante, the goddess of life and bounty. Of who... sailors. <laughs> no, she can. <laughs> it's because she she hates that she is a goddess of the land. Ah, okay. Well, and her final enemy was Soon, the goddess of beauty, who she hated out of jealous anger over her beautiful appearance. Oh, I thought she was going to be mad because she made sailors beautiful. That's what I thought she was going to be mad about. <laughs> now, even though she doesn't have any friends, she's members. She's a member of a group of gods led by the Stormlord Talos. But she was not a friend with any of them, except it can be pa- partly said that maybe she was a friend of Aurel, the Frostmaiden, but everyone else... Including but Talos the leader. is just a mere man, just a mortal. He can't be worshipped as a god by the eight. You're bringing up Skyrim in this? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep, I am. <laughs> now, she used Talos and flirted with him to keep him friendly because their domains crossed over and she would occasionally have to fight with him to prevent him from stealing her domain. You know what? I also just have to say, too, before we continue that hashtag... The uh, Empire did nothing wrong. Anyways, continue. 
Empire? In Continue. Skyrim? No, nope. Continue. No, nope. It's only for those who will get it. It's only In for Skyrim? Those who You're talking about... Cause. Yeah, no, I think I think we all understand that the nope. Stormcloaks have really are real bad. Like at, when it, when the game came out, we we're like, yeah, they're they're both kind of they both have reason. And then now we're like, nah, the Stormcloaks suck. <laughs> they're, they're pretty I think bad, every they are pretty I think bad. every everybody understands. Nah, the Stormcloaks are racist assholes. Nah, they suck. <laughs> they're pretty bad, <laughs> but the Empire did nothing wrong. So. The biggest just, problem just is continue. that we all know that the Empire is just going to be taken over later on when in their weakened state by the, by the, the, elves, the yeah. elves, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, I mean, a real, it's a lose-lose situation. No it's matter a lose-lose situation. <laughs> now, enough talk about the politics and problems going on in Skyrim <laughs> because that makes <laughs> no bearing on what we're talking about Listen. this week. <laughs> so... She was worshipped, like I said previously, by sailors who didn't want to die by her hand. Boy, this... that would really... Could you imagine worshipping a god that you were, like, so afraid of? Like, that was just going to murder you every time you got on a boat? Like, yeah, uh, boy, that'd be rough. Doesn't sound like a fun life, that's for sure. <laughs> no. As long as you had, like, stuff to do, though, like, if I do X, Y, and Z... I should live. I mean, that would be... I bet you there's some sweet sea shanties about her, though. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I was about to go into... I was about to go oh, into yes. some of that. <clears throat> because what happens is they have to do these things to make sure to appease her. So, say they, they were, she was mostly followed by sailors who didn't want to die by her hand. This continued into her disorganized church mostly made out of fear and despised by many. Now, some druids saw her as one of the aspects of nature, and in revering nature and worshipping the gods of it, she did get worshipped through them. Oh, BS. Lame. Now, many evil sea monsters and creatures worshipped her as well. Most of these actually believed in another god... But because that god held no power here on this plane, they worshipped her instead. While sailing ships were on the water, wanting to appease her, they would drop gems and jewels into the water. They would even, as you said, play songs devoted to her, hoping to gain her favor as well. Boy, I wonder how mad she would get. I wonder how mad she would get if you like like a powerful sorcerer or something and played tricks on the sailors and made them drop golden stuff for you and you just took it i think she would dis i, I think that would be just asking for problems <laughs> yeah, i can't imagine <laughs> she would come after you so rough like she would just you would be <laughs> dead you would die i know but Boy, is it is it worth the risk to get a bunch of loot? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. <laughs> now, sometimes Just sing your sea shanty and you're okay. <laughs> sometimes these sailors would also take priests of hers to kind of get them a little bit extra protection. Like, oh, the well, we took the priest of of Umberly. She can't be mad at us now. 
Ah, now, yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> if, if it didn't work, it was really, really bad for the priest. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because, hey, we took you here. Why is she still mad at us? If anything happened just... on the ship, they would immediately turn hostile towards the priest. And some would abandon would be... them, throwing them overboard. There is also reports of priests of Umberley washing ashore with as many as 30 cutlasses stuck in them. Oh, God. Because if they were yeah. going to, if the ship was going down and they were all going to die, they were going to make sure that the priest paid. Listen, I would be like, hey, you know, you guys need to back up. You just misunderstand who my God is, okay? Like, listen, even <laughs> I don't like her, all right? <laughs> she scared people so much that they feared her immensely. The islanders of Kelthon actually did the opposite of burials at sea because they feared burials at sea only strengthened her power. So they just did normal burials where they buried them in the ground? Yeah. And who it's because they didn't want to send bodies out into the sea. Yeah. And whoever did burials at sea were said to be rejected by the earth and upon death becoming her their becoming a servant of Umberley as sea zombies. Oh gosh. Oh no. You you know the um the the story of like the, the fingernails in Loki, right? No, I don't think so. I I can't remember who I heard this from, but when they did Viking burials, they would take off the fingernails because supposedly Loki would take the fingernails and they, so they'd burn the bodies out at sea because if they didn't, and the bodies would be stripped of their fingernails and the fingernails would go to make a boat to bring Loki back to the world. Interesting. So this Interesting. is kind of the opposite of that. Like, let's not send yeah. it out to the sea because yeah. she's getting stronger. Gosh. I Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, like, if I lived on an island chain and we had to bury people, I mean, and I, if, I mean, obviously, this god is real. Like, this god exists, right? Like, oh, boy. I don't know what I would do. I would hate to live in a world like that, though. I'm just saying right now. Oh, man. I'd be so landlocked. Oh, yeah. Get me to the tallest mountain, man. Get me out of here. <laughs> I'm not dealing with Umberly. Get get me out of here. I'll teleport if I need to go anywhere. Yeah. I'm not, I, yeah. I mean, that would be just be terrifying. But the concept is so fun. So mm. cool. No, that's all I really needed to go into uh, about Umberly. So what I was thinking is we make a god of fear like a god that is feared like umberly for our world i mean i'm totally down to do that i have no problem with that the question is are, do we want to focus out of, like do we want to focus on a god of fear or do we want to like expand to another group of people and then include that god in that group of people i say include the god okay so honestly and you know you'll you'll have to you'll you'll have to weigh in here but what if we went to like the mountains? Because we talked about the gods of those mountains that like um, would like call people through the mountains, like uh, whispers and things, like echoes through the mountains. Mm -hmm. You could yeah. definitely play with some sort of fear there, um, like a mist. Even you could play with which a, a god of like fear that was like based out of mist would be 
awful. Mm-hmm. This mist is horrifying. <laughs> um, so I think that could be really, really fun. Yeah, or, I think it would be. I even thought about like a a god of fear that was like born out of somebody's nightmare. Like, see, I don't know. Really I don't know if it needs to be a god of fear. I was just thinking a god that is to be feared. <clears throat> okay. My my. I like the god of mist. Like, mm-hmm. And I yeah, I like, like to think there there are mist zombies and mist like mist undead. Like they you you don't never see them, but when mist goes around you and and you feel it thick this thick kind of mist you know they're like about to come out towards you and so no one's ever seen them like just physically they've only ever seen them come from the mist yeah i think my um i think like what a, a common story would be would be like the travelers who disappear into the mist return and never return they never return. Well, I, I, I would like them to return because I think it'd be an interesting, like, uh, like you were talking about, like undead, like, um, like they come back but they're undead, right? Like they come, like if you find yourself in the mist, you can see your loved ones who have previously been lost in the mist, but they're, you know, an undead version of themselves, mm. which I think could be, which I think could be really fun, like, uh. A kid story that you would, you know, don't go out in the mist because the god of fear will, you know, <laughs> the god of fear will kill you. That's why you got to stay in your bed for tonight. Now, do you think this would be a god of the mountains? Those people who lived around the mountains, which I can't remember who we had in there, to be honest. I, I definitely think that they it would be revered, like in the way that you revere something that you're afraid of, like, hey, like. That's a lion that could kill you. Just being sure to give it space. It'll give you space. That kind of thing. Like it's it's revered in a sort of it's dangerous. Let it do its own thing and just move away. (laughs) So, okay, I love I think it should be the God of the Mountains. And I think what we should do is the mountains. So there's two God there. I think I want to make a really simple a, a group with a really simple like two simple gods. And I think what we do is there's a God of like the mountain who represents safety and stronghold. And then there's a God of the mists who represent like, who represents like fear. Like, I don't, I don't want to say lost, but like, you know, like, um, like the people of the mountains fear leaving the safety and solitude of the mountain. Right. So they've like locked themselves in these mountains, which I think could be really fun. Um, and, to get to these mountains could it like, could it just be god like of a, the unknown very much so yeah i mean that could be yeah absolutely it could be do do we have we had a we had a god of the um we had like a mirage god who was very similar to that right yeah we had the kind of mirage god but i think i like i think i still like this god to be like a god of maybe not even unknown but like Maybe it's just that they, I think they just fear the, like, I like the idea of it being a god of fear because they fear, while they don't know, and it is unknown, like, they don't know what's outside of the mountains, it becomes a god because they, the, the fear manifests this this entity that will make them disappear forever, right? That if they leave the mountain strongholds, they will disappear forever. And I think it'd be really fun, too, because it would leave a really good... um character like a pc uh 
backstory where like somebody grew up within the within the walls of the mountain very similar to like attack on titan right like they grew up within the mountain and they always dreamed about leaving right if they could just pass the mists they could pass the god of fear then they could arrive could it be i i still i really don't want it to be just the god of fear i want it to be something specific so what what if it's the god of loss and so anybody who gets lost ever they pray to this person that they're okay so like it isn't like always seen as always the enemy. I like that idea. Um, my first thought with that was like they would do fun, they would do interesting ceremonies. Like if we kept this like undead idea, they would mm-hmm. do ceremonies outside the mountain where they would like set up like sensors. I don't want to say like feeding chambers. No, like I, something to draw the undead in to see if their relatives who tried to go out through the mist are still out there. Oh That'd shoot, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So they I like also like up. the idea of of them kind of as I said, trying to like like um like what they did with Umberly, where they try to like appease them a little bit. Yeah. And so what they do yep. is they have these sensors that let out this smoke. And the smoke kind of feeds the mist. When I think right, and when I think um it would be interesting because maybe they would have like um I mean, you'd have to leave the mountain for certain things, right? Like, you couldn't live completely within the mountain. So maybe mm-hmm. we, we would make this society have a limited resource of some kind that they have to go out of the mountain to get. What they would do is they would... Maybe they, they would have like to move through carts. the mist to hunt. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know what the resource would be, but um, what, I, what, I see it ha- what, what I see happening is, like, they would build, like, a... Like a I mean, in history... Um, a lot of the um, Catholics and Christians would build like these movable crucifixes that you could like rally behind, right? You would look and you would see, you know, the cross behind your army and mm-hmm. you'd be like, you know, we we have God's power with us and we can go fight and win. And so I think it would mm-hmm. be really interesting if like they built these like carts with these huge bonfires like you were talking about that released a ton of smoke that they would like all crowd around and like push through the mist as they tried to tried to get to whatever resource they needed maybe it was water maybe it was you know um food like you were saying could be really interesting and fun mm-hmm. um, like maybe they could grow a certain crop within the mist like there was a crop that thrived within the you know like the wet and cold environment of the mist out every every few months during harvesting season or whatever to harvest a ton of it Mm-hmm. So they would like build these carts that would like just plume tons of smoke um, to try and appease this, you know, the god of, you know, whatever this god is to harvest all this stuff. I think it'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe cart team A disappeared, right? And so after, I like to after think the that harvesting, that what was that? The smoke that it releases is kind of a dark black smoke. So I think that what happens is. The, the care the, the caravans that go out, if they get lost, the smoke just stays in one place. Like you, you're like, hey, they haven't moved in an hour. Are they okay? Like everybody yeah, yeah. from the, the from the town moved. can see the smoke and can kind of track where they're out at. And so if one stays steady for too long, everybody starts fearing. Yeah, the cart the cart's been lost. Mm-hmm. Like the people, the people have wandered too far away from the cart or something like that. And they're now, you know, be very, very interesting. And I think they would have like little outposts where they would keep track of like where the carts are. Right. They would have like along the mountain and they could like try and yeah, up high in the mountain, different cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To kind of see yeah. over the fog. 
Yeah, it could be really, really interesting. And then um, what I think is like part of like the mourning process, even like when somebody dies within the mountain, like they would go and they would like take like a, um, um, they would take like a piece of fabric, like maybe somebody's shirt and they would like release it through the winds to drift into the mist. Like they're now, their spirit is now drifting off into the mist to like to be, you know, I think that could be a really sad, like the funeral, like a funeral would end with like the person, you know, who's the burning of something. Yeah. And they would like release, you know, their object to fly out into the mist, you know, Mm -hmm. and then maybe later, very similar to like, um, like a, like a Mexican day of the dead. They like, um, they have like, they try to call people back from the mist to like have them visit for a day. Right. could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, their zombie form would come walking out of the mist or anything, but like, you know, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a God of like the afterlife, like a, like a law, like a, a God of loss and a God of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Like a, could be very interesting. And maybe even like this God would like form little spirits to come and like visit these people. It'd be very interesting. So it's not all bad, but like it is, you know? Yeah. And then I think to move on is I think the opposite would be the God of the mountain, right? The God of like the stronghold and safety where this is, you know, this is their protection. This is the God who comforts them and who protects them from the outside mist. I think that I think that's a really fun society and culture to explore. Mm. Maybe, maybe they're like the only society, and this could be really fun for our campaign, but maybe they're the only society who hasn't changed. Like they are like, because they haven't left. Like they're still, like they've been shut out from the world for, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years because nobody's left. Mm-hmm. Do you think, like if we did something like that, do you think, that, I mean, do you think that, fun idea definitely do you think and i would like to make with this what was that no go for it i was gonna say if we rolled with this idea do you think um do you think that other societies would have a hard time getting through the mist like is this entity oh 100 i think i think most nation most groups think it's not traversable like just avoid it. It's not worth it because it's for them. It's a small part of the world. For this yeah, group, get lost in the it's literally <laughs> everything around them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I was saying, they they're gonna get lost in the mountain and die. And there's no, we know what we know the mountains. We know the mountain range. We can you know see it and explore it. Like we can explore all around it. It's just going in. We get we get stuck. And people people die, and we can never find our way through. We get, like eternally lost. Like maybe there's even like a to the outside world maybe like we take kind of like you know the trope of like the forest that you walk into and you can never find your way if the forest deems it necessary mm-hmm. like the like the elven lord of the rings trope where it's like if you walk into the forest and you're not an elf you're gonna get lost forever and die you know what if we mm-hmm. did that kind of trope but with the mist where like if you walk into it and the mist deems it that you'll be lost forever you'll be lost forever mm-hmm and it always deems you to be lost forever. Hmm? Like I just think like the 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 lore and the the thing that people would say is that this mist 
always wants you to be lost forever. So you'll you'll never be able to make it through. Internet. Yeah, I think I think the mist is seen as an antagonist for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's always a fight against whenever they have to go out. <clears throat> well, and I think too that um, the outside world would definitely see it that way as well because like they mm-hmm. can't get in they can't get past it you know so they yeah 100%. they also think it you know as this kind of a- antagonistic force um now do you think that there's been somebody who has made it through this mist or are we going to keep it nobody's made it through this mist and oh no lots the, of people have he wants to a lot of people have i think i think the big thing is that they just i i think nobody has made it through well so as we said they do the little like parties to go and grab stuff in the mist and i think they also go and have people who are just like i'm not gonna stay here anymore and i think occasionally they do make it out and so i think what happens is those people eventually go and live their life and i think some have tried to return to like see family or something but i think nobody makes it through twice so no one who has gone through has ever made it back to the town. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure what I feel like if I want anybody to have made it out. I mean, it could be really interesting to like have have like nobody's made it out like ever. And so like, I mean, the village wouldn't know that like the mountain strongholds wouldn't know that. Right. But like the outside world has never heard from any of these people you know, what's in here at all, which could be fun. But I also like the idea of, you know, people who have made it out and have like told stories of this great mist. Yeah. I like to think that there's enough people that have made it out that the world knows that there are people that live inside there and enough people have made it out that it would be a viable option for a PC to come from. Yeah. I mean, I also think it'd be really fun for a PC to be the first and the only right so far. I think that could be a really fun, viable option too. Mm -hmm. either way i don't you know i think i think uh i like both so i think it's really kind of whatever you'd want to do but um i i i you know i love the but i even think like maybe society would think they're kind of like weird (laughs) i don't know like like maybe maybe some of them are thought of as like the old hermits who live outside of town who don't really you know who ramble on about the stories from the mist (laughs) you know like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that could be something um I don't know. Or like maybe, maybe there is a group of them. Oh, this could be cool. Maybe there's a group of them that are like from a city and they're, they have to be left outside the city because they're considered like mistborn or something. And they're considered a curse upon the group because that'd be weird for them to be considered a book series by Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. Yeah, it would be for sure. It would be for sure. But anyways, like, but no, I definitely think like... so. Okay. I, I, I think that's fine. And that's really interesting. I think there has to be a sign that you were misborn. What is that sign? Do you occasionally exhale mist from your, from like your, your lungs? <laughs> you just have frosty breath. <laughs> well, not all the time, but like once, like every few breaths, there's like a release of of mist maybe i mean what if i mean that could be interesting because i like the idea of them being lepers and that's fine being treated like lepers yeah like Like, that's cool you're you're like 
mismarked like if you if like the the mark has like left him like the mist has like left a mark on you like that's it, why like, i so... i think i like i like the idea of like oh mist comes off your skin or like you breathe it every so often like like the mist has to be present on you in some way yeah i'm just trying to figure out how i like maybe that you're just like the mean. mist whenever you date anybody they never return <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 i don't know i because i don't want the, i mean i guess if we did have like mist like a like a like a maybe people thought they would be possessed because they'd have like a mist every once in a while that would like what if like there was a day that the mist like every month or so the mist is stronger or the mist is weaker and so like throughout um like if you traveled through the mist you carry that kind of with you and so Maybe, like, on the days where, like, the mist is really strong, you, like, sometimes, like, will have it, like, drifting up your arms and down your back or whatever, mm -hmm. which could be interesting, I guess. And, like, they, the, the townsfolk would have, like, days that the mist marked could, like, um, enter into town to trade, and they would be, like, heavily supervised, you know, to, like, at least stay alive or whatever. Could, could be interesting. Because they'd have yeah. no like a calendar, uh, they'd have like a you know, this is the mist mark. You know, everybody would stay home except for the select few people that had to trade with them. Could be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's I cool. Thought, I guess what what's what we'll go with. Well, I also thought too, like maybe if you traveled through the mist, like it's left like a pattern that looks like mist on your skin. Like maybe it like burns or something, you know, here and there, and it like mm -hmm. left a pattern. Like a like a scar along your like a you know, burn on your arm or something. Yeah, like I thought about something like that too. Instead of like mist that like drifts off you, and then people could either mistake in it as like a disease, so you're left and cursed. I mean, there's several different things that people could misinterpret that as being. I also thought about it, and this is hyper hyper anime, but like it turns your hair white or gray, like. Like the mist, like removes your life force from you, and so now you, like, part of your life force from you. So, you're, like, everybody's hair who goes through the mist turns bleach white or something like that. That could be really mm -hmm. interesting too. And so it kind of looks like mist. Yeah, I think that's cool. But you know, that's that's pretty anime. <laughs> that's, that's pretty. That's pretty yeah. I anime, think I so. think the um, I think my two choices would be the burn. Or the one day a month they kind of release this steam. Of those options, I mean, I kinda, which would you, you choose? What if you a combination of both where like the, like the vast majority of the, you know, the people of the mist, they don't, and they're, they just have like a burn mark. And then like maybe, you know, like the priests or like the person who led them through gets this weird mist thing. And maybe you could even make it a, a subclass of some kind and you know if you wanted like a or like use matt mercer's sea paladin or whatever <laughs> but you know like you could definitely flavor a, a class around it too if you wanted or like you could you know cast cloud spells and stuff like that from it be cool pretty interesting ray of frost stuff like that mm. i don't know if i'd go that far make it a class or anything but i would I, I mean i definitely like, if a pc was like you know like if, if if one of my players came to me and was like, you know, I 
I want to be one of these like weird mist walkers or whatever. And like, um, which that could be a really fun thing too. Like somebody's a mist walker and they, their job is to like walk through the mist and like maybe some people, like maybe some people are born with this weird misty thing within the mountains and they can traverse through the mist. That could be fun too. Mm. But anyways, so I don't know. I, I, I would definitely consider it, but, um, you know, maybe. Well, I definitely would consider it if somebody brought it up to me, but I don't think I would go out of my way by myself to come up with it. I think yeah, I think yeah, there is it would dep- I, I, how I see it being is that maybe people are studying it. But I think that the mist is so foreign as of right now that using it for anything wouldn't really be feasible. No, I because like wouldn't. for for a group that is so scared of this. It's got to be unknown, or or at least very little amount of it needs to be known. Yeah, I would treat it. I would treat it more like a warlock patron that's like giving somebody this ability to do something for the mist, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd probably make it a warlock subclass more than anything because like it's it allowed this person to pass through the mist, and you know, and maybe like they had some sort of revelation while they were in the mist. Maybe they were lost for days and days and days and days, right? And finally, they emerge from the the mist after like hallucinations and you know vivid, horrible nightmares and dreams. And they awoke with these powers outside of the mist with like a, I mean, it could be interesting, like a burn mark along their arm or something that had like something for them to do or like you know, a item that they've never seen before or you know like all sorts of weird things you could do. But you know, again, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't like you were saying. I don't think I would do it just as like a, you know, <laughs> a thing. <laughs> you know anyone can have this warlock patron type thing but i think it'd be fun if a pc was like hey, unique and interesting patron that you know i think you could, you could definitely flavor something around it Mm-hmm. okay no we didn't we did say we were gonna try to make a pan like more gods than just one well i i kind of like well again i want this stronghold god but i kind of like the idea of like two like a really simplistic like two gods one is this mist and one is this stronghold right the stronghold is what provides and gives and you know nourishes and protects while the mist is unknown it's fear it's you know um loss you know all of these different things and so their whole entire culture revolves around just these two entities that they've you know thought up within their mind um I think that at least for this specific tiny little group, I think could be really interesting. Um, but I think the only other God I would add is I think there would be a, and I think this is where like my mist Walker idea would come through where there's like a God who could guide you through the mist. And maybe there's like a church that's dedicated to, you know, the mist Walker. Right. And they, what if it's not a God? What? What if it's not a God? What if it's like a a patron for a warlock? (laughs) So it's a powerful being still, but it's not a god. Like maybe it's like an archfey or an archmist. guides people through the mist. Yes. And And so any patron of it, it would be a a mist patron. That could be interesting. That could be super interesting. Yeah, maybe it's like a... Yeah, the mist walker is the only creature that lives that's not like undead that lives in the mist. Mm. If you find it, it can guide you through the mist. Yeah. But you'd have to pay a toll. Like you'd have to you'd have to do something Silent. for it. 
I didn't get it to sign your soul. Oh, wow, that's a big step. <laughs> well, so I think what you can do is you can either say, I will serve you, like that is what I will do. Or you can say, I sign over my child. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Goodness exactly. Me. So that is how some people are born as warlocks of this creature, is Maybe their parents the said that... that drift off of them. Yes, that's cool. So, like, each group that makes it out has one of these people has had to make a deal with the Mistwalker. I don't think I don't think everybody has to, because I think the 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 groups that go in to do the um searching for uh, items and such, like uh, I think, not yeah, items, well, I sorry, think it, the searching I think for the the plant that you said, I don't think they've had to make a deal. I think it's no, I, I think, think it's, it's if you get lucky. And when you're lost finding this creature, then you can make a deal to get out. I think the people who are in those parties know enough about the mist and how to traverse it that they don't need it. I think it's, I think, so I agree. I agree. I think, but I think it's only the people who escape the mist have only done so by this mist walker. So mm-hmm. like have left society, like the people who go and get the resources and stuff, they have they traverse the the mist. They have even maybe maps that kind of detail where the mist and stuff is you know thickest and where you know where you to avoid and things like that in any you know specific day or whatever. Yep. But I think they always return back. The people who have left permanently, those groups have had to make a deal with the Mistwalker. And I think too there would be stories of the Mistwalker as also kind of an antagonist here and there too, where it's like. If you don't make a deal with the Mistwalker, what happens to you, right? I think you wander. You wander until it, either you die by the zombie's hands yeah. or you make it back inside the mist. You make it, yeah, like you make it back to, <laughs> you know, sanctuary or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really fun little trio of, you know, like a society just created these and their whole society is completely based off of you know i like to think that the mist at one point was just like just basic condensation that kind of happened over over in the mountains and these people feared it so thoroughly that it created this magical i love that idea (laughs) now i think we're good for episode 82 of dungeon i really enjoyed that i thought that was really fun yes me too thank you all for listening and if you listen to us on any podcasting apps with ratings and reviews, we'd love if you'd write a review. Let us know what you think about the show. It really helps the show by showing you're engaging in more ways than just one. <clears throat> if you'd like to write to us, you can write to us at dungeoneered at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you if you have ideas for lukewarm opens, topics, comments on things we made already. Uh, we'd love to hear it all. We'd love to hear what you're doing in your game. And uh, as Aaron likes to add occasionally, we like your recipes. Send us recipes. Heck yeah. <laughs> also, I think it'd be really fun if like, we would get some uh, like world notes, like people's world ideas. I think that'd be really fun, too. Like something you're really proud of. 
Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's that is 100 percent things we like to receive when yeah, people send us like, cool. hey, I created this and I was super proud of it. And I just kind of wanted to share it with somebody. We love yeah, to hear that monster Those are stat block or anything. Like yeah, that. a monster that you're like, man, this thing did this crazy thing and it made combat so interesting. Like, love all that. But yeah, thank you all for listening. I got, and I got nothing else to add. Cool. As I always say, always remember to be the sharpest barrel in the bunch. Oh, gosh, dang it, the suspense is killing me. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. <laughs>